0: You know, it's funny. I have listened to him since probably 1979. I would have been a sophomore in high school. And at the time, you know, you would hear like a rolling stone on the radio. You would hear Positively 4th Street, which is the one about, um, you know, you've got a lot of nerve to say that you are my friend. When I was down, you were When I was down, you just stood there grinning and blah, blah, blah. Or Rainy Day Women, which is the, you know, the Everybody Must Get Stoned song. Right. And I didn't care for that one so much. And to this day, I still don't care for that as much. So I don't really know what song it was that made me go, hmm, there's something here. But I went out and bought a couple of his albums. And probably the first one I bought was bringing it all back home, which would have been his fifth album, I think. And that was the f- first one where I think one side was acoustic, one side was electric. And uh, it came out, I think, in 1964. And I just loved it. There was just not a like a aha moment, but I just knew listening to it, that he was different than anybody else I had listened to.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Set Lessing Bruce, your podcast all about Bruce Springsteen, his music, and mostly his fans. I am your host, Jesse Jackson. And uh, once again, we are steering off the uh, Springsteen train or sailboat. Uh, but he will bring up, as he normally do. Uh, we are going back to uh, Buffett land, maybe a little Dillon land, uh, Africa for sure, because I'm returning guest, Jack Highland is joining me today. Jack, welcome back to the show.
0: Thank you. And once again, thank you for having me.
1: Yeah. So uh, you just mentioned before we hit record, your wife just returned home. Um, and you will be heading out in a week. Talk to me. Remind my listeners first off. Um, remind your listeners who you are, a little about yourself, and then let's talk about this big journey, this this adventure you're about to go on.
0: Okay. So uh, my name is Jack Highland. I am 57 years old. I currently live in Fredericksburg, Virginia, which is pretty much directly between Washington D.C. and Richmond, Virginia. And I've lived here most of my life um, with stopovers in uh, White Plains, New York, which is where I was born, Um, Charleston, South Carolina, Key West, Florida, Southern California. And the big one uh, my wife works for an energy company, and currently she is posted, if that's the right word, in Luanda, Angola, which is on the lower West Coast. Of Africa um, okay she's been there off and on for about three years it mostly off because of COVID she was sent home for about 10 months for COVID um, but she went back in February and she came home a couple weeks ago for some uh, vacation and um, she'll be home another week and then we are both going back together next Saturday and the earliest that I think we will return to Virginia is September. Okay. She's also in the Navy Reserves. She's got to come home and do two weeks of Navy duty. And uh, so, yeah, we'll be there about two months and uh, just do what we can do while we're there.
1: Um, now, you guys have lived overseas before, correct?
0: She has. Again, being okay. in the Navy Reserve, she spent a year in Iraq and... In 2009 and 2010. Okay. Uh, she was the public affairs officer for the commander of the I don't have this right. Anyway, she was a public affairs officer for a four star general over there. Okay. And uh, she was there for a year. Uh, and then she came home and then uh, oh, four or five years after that, she went to Jordan for six months. So she's been gone a lot. I typically stay home. At the time we had a young son, I'd get him to school, get him wherever he needed to go. Um, He is now 25. So he's pretty much on his own. Even though he still lives with us, he's going to stay at the house while we're gone, take care of the animals. Um, So I have never lived overseas other than the three or four months I've been in Africa with her. Okay. And at the time I was there, she lived in a apartment complex in the downtown, in the capital, okay. and her office was the next building over. So she, we never really had to leave the building other than if we wanted to go to the grocery store or you know, go out, do whatever. Um, but now she lives, I think she told me nine kilometers outside of the city in a, like a gated community. Okay. So that'll be different because we won't be kind of in the middle of the city having to look over our shoulder every time we walk anywhere and, um it'll probably be a little more relaxing because we won't have to be on guard the whole time yeah But you know, it's interesting well you know again we're gonna we're already planning on the first time we can take a trip somewhere um so we're looking forward to it i mean mostly for her it's nine to five like anything else she'll be at work monday through friday Yeah. and then on the weekends we'll squeeze in whatever we can do go from there
1: what uh now uh how about your gig? What are you, how do you, are you working remotely or are you? No,
0: I actually, I owned a bar and okay. we sold it last year. And for about 35 years, I've wanted to write a book. Okay. And I actually started writing my autobiography while I was there the last go around. And when I came home and I've been home over a year now, I just haven't written a word. Okay. So when I go back, I'm going to pick it up. But I'm going to—I'm not going to go into the autobiography thing. I've been always wanted to write a detective novel. Okay. So it may be good, it may be awful, but I'm going to do it while I'm there. Okay. So yeah, I got plenty to do while I'm there.
1: Very nice. Yeah. Um, The I I have no idea what part of Africa that is. Is this? uh, I it, it sounds like a pretty strong metropolitan area. But is there a lot of culture there? I mean, are, what what kind of are you looking forward to?
0: So the country of Angola is, they call it sub-Sahara, as in below the Sahara. So it's, okay. it's down south. It's below the equator. Okay. Um, and we are literally right on the water, right uh, Luanda Bay is where we were living, um, right on the uh, harbor. And... But it's if you ever go to a bookstore and you see it, you go to a travel section, and you see books on Africa, you will never find one on Angola. Okay. There is no reason to come to Angola unless you work there.
1: Okay, it's
0: really really bleak, um, just poverty like you can't imagine. All right. Um, now we go out, and it, this sounds arrogant, American, whatever. We go out on the weekends to play golf, which yeah. I even feel silly carrying golf bags around while I see these people who are begging for food. Sure. Um, but the golf course that we go to is about an hour outside of town. So we have a car service take us out there. We go play golf. The landscape is, you know, it's all desert and dry. and, But everything's different. On the East Coast here, it's all pine trees and green. And there it's not. Yeah. So it's a whole different kind of beauty that you just have to get used to. Mm-hmm. And while we were there we flew to one weekend. We flew to Cape town, South Africa, which was probably a three hour flight or so. Uh, in Cape town, it was spectacular, you know, yeah. just mountains and ocean and cool weather and people spoke English. So we didn't have to worry about finding our way around. And um, so that's kind of what we want to do is, um, you know, get out and explore things that we want to be able to really explore from America.
1: Because the commute will be so much shorter. Right. Like it's like it's like me and Dallas, Texas, driving to Memphis or Nashville or Louisville, um, you know, versus having if you lived in England, trying to fly over to Louisville to do the bourbon trail is going to be a little bit tougher. Yeah, yeah,
2: Yeah, exactly.
0: And that's what we were kind of thinking. I was like, now that we're here, let's use it as a jumping point. In fact, we were talking about right before Christmas. Mm-hmm. Uh, my wife was like, why don't we go to like Austria or Germany? Because it's the same time zone. you okay. don't have to worry so much about, you know, feeling jet lag or tired or worn out. So I thought, okay, we could do that. So that's one thing we're thinking of doing. Okay. Interesting. Yeah.
1: Well, very cool. So when you, you talked about going to the grocery store, um, you know, I remember, The only time I lived overseas, I was in junior high. My dad was stationed in Germany and we lived on, you know, the base. So, you know, there was the commissary, which was in the post, you know, the post exchange. So everything was American. And though my mom did go to a couple of German grocery stores and what she was struck by is um, it was the first time we ever had the small plastic bags, right? Like we were used to big grocery bags, the paper bags that you did, and they were all small bags. And the idea was you, the Germans did not, the locals did not go to the grocery store once a week and buy for a week. They would go every two or three days and buy things, you know? So that was a culture change for us. Uh, Do you guys, will you be doing mostly shopping local or is there a you know, a more European American type service available for you guys?
0: No, it's all local. Okay. And we used to go to, when we lived in the city, we'd go to one particular grocery store, you know, once a week or so. And, yeah, you know, in America, we're so used to going to the grocery store and whatever we want to have, we'll find yeah. it there. Exactly. And you're kind of like, oh, shoot, they seem to be out of tomatoes this week. Yeah. Or whatever. So you take what you can get. You don't really make a list because you don't know what you're going to ha- find. Well, you, you work around it um, mm-hmm. and there's some high, higher end grocery stores that have better quality meat, food, anything. Um, but now that we're outside the city, I actually haven't been to the local grocery store. So I don't know actually what my wife has been doing as far as going to the grocery store. Okay. So we'll find that out pretty much as soon as I get there. We get, I think we have to quarantine for 10 days. Sure, we, that makes sense. We, we can leave our house, but we can't leave our yard. OK, um, so but my wife will have, she'll have friends she works with and they'll drop off food for us. OK, if we need whatever. So first 10 days, we're just going to catch up on sleep and, you know, kind of get reacquainted with the area. Um, and then we'll go from there.
1: Well, I would love to have you on, let's say, you know, two or three months into it and sure. just to hear what am I missing? What am I doing? You know, I I mean, with the internet, you certainly cannot, you still be able to stay caught up on, uh, you know, news and entertainment and things like that. But, um, I know this is not the same, but when I went to, uh, the Philippines, uh, for my job, I, the first time I went, I stayed two weeks. The next time I stayed three weeks. Um, Fresh brewed iced tea is what I miss the most. Sure. Because that was not something they had in the Philippines. Sure. And, you know, being in Dallas, Texas, in the South, you know, you had iced tea at every meal.
0: Sure. Uh, Sure. And
1: so I'm curious to see what, I'm sure there'll be small things that you're going, boy, I, like, I really enjoy what this item that they're bringing, but I'm sure I'm missing this. So that'll be interesting to talk about.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We can definitely do that. Um, I know like my wife, we're bringing like some containers of coffee. We're bringing, you know, necessities, um, Mm -hmm. hot sauces, stuff like that, that we're accustomed to here that we may not be able to get over there. Right. And again, it's like, all right, we're, we're, we're going to a country where so many people are destitute. So, you know, we're not going to complain about any of it and we'll get by. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's just some things you got to have that just kind of make you feel at home and feel comfortable. And yeah, um, a, a lot of my uh, wife's coworkers are from England and Scotland. Yeah. And I have learned that they like to drink a lot of beer. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, oh man, I'm not ready for this again. But, you know, again, you make do. And yeah. it's always fun to get together with these people. And uh, like I've said before, by definition, these expats, are just a little more adventurous than other folks, or they wouldn't be there. Exactly. So they everybody just makes the best of it.
2: Mm-hmm. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house, and my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons,
1: So, yeah, And I would think you would. Um, I remember when, like I said, when my dad was stationed in Germany, um, we would have a lot of, and I, you wouldn't even call them parties, you would just have get togethers, right? That, sure. that people would come over and then, you know, my dad always played the guitar. So his he would have other friends who play the guitar. They'd come over and, you know, do jam sessions sure. or just have you know visits and talks and uh it was um pretty interesting for us. Yeah. Well that that's, that sounds like an exciting and so that's in a couple of weeks?
0: Uh actually a week from today. Oh wow. How and long my do- wife told me she's yeah. working on my visa and my visa doesn't mean I can't get there. It means I might not be able to leave and I thought, oh well that'll be interesting.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> so uh- We'll figure it out. We always do.
1: Yeah. How long of a flight is it?
0: So typically, like pre-COVID, and the only time I've gone there, we fly from here to Brussels. Okay. Which is overnight, seven, eight hours, eight or nine, I forget exactly. And then from Brussels directly into Luanda. Okay. Which is another nine hours or so. But again, it's like you're flying at one point, you're over um, the, I think it's the Alps and then the Apennine Mountains, then you see the Mediterranean Sea, and then you see the tip of Africa, and for about three hours, you see nothing but the Sahara, and you're just looking down there, and you're like, you know, I've heard about this place my whole life, and it's just nothing but massive and brown for hours on while you're flying. And So it's, it's an interesting flight, um, but yeah, so overnight, uh, travel totally, depending on what your layover in Brussels may be you know, 30, 35 hours,
2: mm-hmm.
0: not terrible. I mean, it's, again, you, you do what you got to do.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Good. Uh, are you a binge on uh, movies uh, guy? Are you a, do you have your um, MP3 player or your phone loaded with a playlist? What, what do you do to well pass the time on the flight?
0: So my on the flight, I, I just bring books. I actually bring physical books. I mean, my wife's big on the Kindle thing, and I'm okay. just like, I'm not taking a chance that my Kindle, if I had one, doesn't work or I can't get Wi-Fi or whatever. Yeah, so I bring physical books, but I also subscribe to Spotify. Okay. And if you subscribe to it, you don't. You can download songs, podcasts, whatever. Without, and you don't need internet to listen to them. Right. So I've actually downloaded all the Bruce Obama podcasts. Ah. And I haven't listened to them yet. I'm th- I just kept thinking I'm going to save them for the flight to uh, Angola.
1: That is a great idea. I, um, I listened to them as they came out. And uh, I've been saying that my wife and I, um, she has not heard them. And I'm like, we need to go on a trip. So that we can use that as um, we'll listen to that. Like we have done that a couple of times. Yeah. Instead of just music, we'll have a podcast that we both are interested in. And we use that kind of as a book on tape to get through us our travels. Yeah. That's good.
0: Strangely enough. um, So last week was my wife and I, we had our 26th wedding anniversary.
1: Okay. Congratulations.
0: Thank you. The anniversary is actually on Sunday, but we were sitting on Friday and we thought, what are we gonna do tonight for dinner? And I thought, let's go to Keynes. And Keynes is a steakhouse in New York City. Okay. So she's like, all right, well, let me let me see if I can find a, a hotel in New York. And she's a big Marriott person. So we found a Marriott. We typically it would have taken us a little over five hours to get there. It took us about nine because traffic was terrible and mm-hmm. uh raining and it was awful. Anyway, so we're driving up there, and she said, you know, I've never listened to the podcast that you did. And I'm like, "What do you? How, how have you not listened to it? So we actually listened to it on the way up there. And uh, she does a lot of podcasts, a lot of Zoom meetings with work, and I think I told you the time I did it first with you. I'd never done one before. Right. So I didn't know whether it was good, bad, or whatever. And she, um, after listening to it, she's like, you know, that was really good. And I thought, Okay. She knows her way around that kind of stuff. So I was happy about that. But yeah, um, she, uh, aside from the fact that apparently I said literally about 20 sometimes, she thought, you know, other than that, you were actually pretty good. So, um, but yeah, we listened to that on the way up to New York.
1: Well, I am glad uh, she enjoyed it. I can only, I'm, uh, if she wants to give me some critiques, I will gladly take it with the spirit it's given. Okay. Uh, I. I appreciated her listening. I thought you did great. Thank you. And I'm glad she enjoyed it. And that's good.
0: Here's another aside. So if you remember, I was talking about when I was first introduced to Buffett. Yes. And I went to go visit my brother in college. And there were guys painting in his dormitory in the hallways wearing T-shirts and ties. So I forwarded the podcast to one of my friends who I met who was one of my brother's college roommates. And he said, believe it or not, I have a photograph of one of the guys painting the hallway, wearing the t-shirt and tie. And I'm like, you're kidding me. And about two days later, he sent me the photograph. And I'm like, I cannot believe you have that photo. And then he passed the podcast on to a couple of his friends he went to school with. So it's making the rounds up in Maryland now.
1: Well, that's nice. I appreciate the downloads. Um, Always
0: do. (laughs) (laughs) That's Mm -hmm.
1: good. Well, uh, you know, we talked a little, uh, Jimmy, last time, but you also are a huge Dylan fan.
0: Yes, that is correct. Yes. So
1: talk to me a little bit about discovering Bob and, and that your little bit of your Bob journey.
0: You know, it's funny. I have listened to him since probably 1979. I would have been a sophomore in high school. And at the time, you know, you would hear Like a Rolling Stone on the radio. You would hear Positively 4th Street, which is the one about, um, you know, you've got a lot of nerve to say that you are my friend. When I was down, you were – when I was down, you just stood there grinning and blah, blah, blah. Or Rainy Day Women, which is the, you know, the everybody must get stoned song. Right. And I didn't care for that one so much. And to this day, I still don't care for that as much. So I don't really know what song it was that made me go, hmm there's something here. But I went out and bought a couple of his albums. And probably the first one I bought was bringing it all back home, which would have been his fifth album, I think. And that was the first one where I think one side was acoustic, one side was electric. And uh, it came out, I think, in 1964, and I just loved it. There was just not a like a aha moment, but I just knew listening to it that he was different than anybody else I had listened to. He was different than Billy Joel, who I loved. He was different than Elton John, who I loved. He was different than anything that was on the radio then, like, you know, the late 70s, of course. It was the Bee Gees, who I love, by the way. And, you know, it was like Led Zeppelin and that kind of ACDC stuff that I didn't care for then. Um, but, you know, I hate to say he just spoke to me, but he spoke to me. I I got it when other, you know, I was 15 years old, 16 years old. Other guys around me were like, this stuff is terrible. And I'm just like, I guess I get it and you don't. And I don't know what it was, but I was just glad I got it. And so at that time, he... He had probably had, God, 15, 17, I don't remember, studio albums out. So I went to go buy them all. Eventually, I got them all. And um, at that time, he was in the middle of his so-called born-again phase. Yes. And he had come out with the album uh, Slow Train Coming, which was a great album. Then his second album in that trilogy was, um, I think it was called Saved. And so I remember going to a record store with a friend of mine and trying to talk him into buying it. I bought it and it wasn't a great album. So my friend was like, yeah, this isn't working for me. And I was like, oh man, terrible album to try to turn somebody on to Dylan with. Um, but I just kept with it. And um, I saw him in concert for the first time in
2: 1981. It
0: was about, gosh, two, two or three weeks after I graduated high school. He played up at Meriwether Post Pavilion in Columbia, Maryland, which is where I'd seen Buffett for the first time. And I had been reading Rolling Stone magazine um, for a while by that point. And everything I read about Dylan was that he wasn't doing anything but his, you know, his Christian stuff in concert. And I thought, well, I'm going anyway. And so I go up there and I think the fourth song he played was Like a Rolling Stone and then I thought, okay, all bets are off, and he just went into you know everything else. After that, you know, some of the classic songs that you expected to hear, and he's pretty much stuck with that um, ever since. Um, and yeah, then,
1: my my buddy Sam is a huge uh, Dylan fan, and I he I, I don't know if he can count the amount of times he's seen him, and yeah, uh, you know when Bob played a three-night here at the Dallas House of Blues. You know, Sam took a vacation sure. to attend all three shows. Oh, boy. And uh, that was the first time, by the way, I I thought, wow, that'd be cool to see a artist more than one time on a tour. Yeah. Like, you know, before, like, oh, okay, I got to see Bruce during this tour, and how fun was that? And then sure. the idea... I'm like, oh, I'd love to do that. Um, And, you know, it's the, I think Sam calls it the never-ending tour. Yes. That right now they're just, he kind of keeps playing. Yep. And, and, you know, there's, you don't get a lot of surprises on the set list, but you also, every once in a while, he does do something. So, yeah.
0: So I saw him, when I was living in New York, he played three nights in a row at Madison Square Garden in 1986. And he had Tom Petty as his backup band. So he would come out. Yeah, they would come out and do songs together. Then Dylan would play a couple acoustic things by himself. Petty would play some of his songs, uh, of Tom Petty's own songs. And then they would come out and play together, you know, mostly Dylan songs. And at the time, I was really big into Tom Petty. So it was fabulous for me. So I saw him three nights in a row at the Garden. It was like a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday night. And then the following Monday... He played Brendan Byrne Arena in New Jersey, so I saw him there as well. Um, And I think I saw him another time in that tour down in D.C. Um, So I would – you know, I try to catch him at least once a tour now. Um, He – the last time I saw him, a new arena opened up in in Washington, D.C., and it probably holds about, I don't know, 7,000 people. So Mm -hmm. it's about an hour drive from here. So I went up there. I mean, his voice is shot, um, but it's still Bob Dylan. Yeah. And I left the show, and I was looking at the set list, and I was reading it, and I thought, you could argue that he's got 10 songs that are better than any other song he played that night. I mean, he didn't do Like a Rolling Stone. He didn't do... Uh, let me think what else uh, Mr. Tambourine he didn't do any of the stuff yeah. and I was just like who, who just plays not their best songs I mean if you went to see Bruce we've talked about this you go see Bruce and he's not playing Thunder Road or Born to Run you're going to walk away going that sucked yes <laughs> and Dylan he just doesn't care he just does his own thing so and that's also part of what I like about him um, I have always said about Dylan um, when it comes to Bob Dylan all bets are off for instance, I have a thing about um, Jewish performers who do Christmas albums. I just think it's kind of weird. But when Dylan did one, I thought, okay, once again, all bets are off. And that album just gets killed in the press. And I just think it's a great album. So, so,
1: so my joke to Sam, who is Jewish, or as he says, Jew-ish. Right. Um, not his joke, but he will take it. And... Um, and hates christmas music right right in fact there it is a standard joke like um and I, he has finally accepted the fact that because you know the first four or five years of our friendship i would go and sam you know what are you doing christmas day nothing right. well come to our house Jesse, it's just not another day. It's just, you know, and and I I finally he has accepted the fact that I cannot like, you know, it's Christmas. You're by yourself. If I want you to know that if you want to have a meal, come to my house. You know. Right. Right. Uh so I did ask him. I said, okay, you're a completist. Like he is one of those, like there's a new box set and there's only three new songs on it. And it's a $200 box set. He's going to get it because sure. of those three new songs. Right. Sure. And so I'm like, are you going to buy the Chris's album? I don't know. <laughs> you know, he
0: just, yeah. <laughs> well, one of the reasons I bought it, uh, two reasons, one, it was Dylan. And the other was that I had read that he, for that particular album, he was donating the royalties in perpetuity to three different food banks around the world. So I thought, mm. you know, that's actually kind of cool. That is. But he does a version of Must Be Santa on that album. And I actually was running this morning, and I was listening to music while I was running, and that came on, and I thought, okay, it's 78 degrees, it's humid and steamy, and uh, you would think this song didn't work while I was running, but it was perfect. I thought, okay. And uh, yeah, so I'll bet all bets are off when it comes to Bob Dylan.
1: So um, Brave Combo, which is a band here from the North Texas area. OK, uh, they do rock and roll polka oh, in wow. simple terms. Yeah, they, cool. uh, they are. They are a wonderful band. Google them, try things. But they did a Christmas album. And that's the first version of Must Be Santa that I had heard.
0: OK, and tell uh, me again so the name
1: Brave Combo,
0: Brave Combo. All right. Yes. I'm going to look them up
1: yeah and they do uh yeah they do a lot of you know um they do traditional polka but they will do um you know a people a strange polka they they will take earlier in their career they would take different um popular songs and would do them in more traditional styles sure and so um Really, a lot of fun. They're they're a fun band. Great band to go live to. Sure. The first time we were at a club, um, we had gone to see the opening act, and you know, and so the opening act ended, and we Brave Combo was the next band up, and all of a sudden, I noticed people were going to the uh, the floor, you know, because this is like a nightclub, and they yeah. were taking the tables and they're picking them up and moving them to the side. I'm like, what the hell? And what they were doing was building a dance floor right? because okay. it's such a band that you dance to.
0: Sure. I um, love that stuff. Cause it's so upbeat and it's yeah. typically really happy.
1: Yes, it is. They do, um, you know, they do their uh, polka thoris where they do a, you know, happy wanderer yeah. and just to do some other stuff. So anyway,
0: okay. Um, I'm going to have to look them up.
1: Yeah. Now what I love about um, and, I don't know how big of a fan you are of Penn Gillette from Penn and Teller.
0: I you know, I, I I like what he says. I don't know much about him, but the yeah. things I've seen him saying in the last 10 or 15 years, yeah. I kind of like where he goes.
1: So he is a massive Dylan fan. Okay. And so he tells the story that um Dylan's people reach out to him and says, uh Penn, uh we want you to write the liner notes for the next box set okay and you know he's like oh my god yes and he goes and we're talking the um, religious period okay okay and so there's this silence and pins like y- you know i'm an atheist right
0: oh no <laughs> and they're <laughs> like
1: the whole world knows you're an atheist ben <laughs> okay um and he's so he kind of jokes about that right like um sometimes the monkey paw principle be careful what you wish for you know he says it would be great to be able to have someone elected president that i actually know okay right. i got donald trump
0: yeah you know right.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know i i adore bob dylan so much to be able to write a uh you know the notes liner notes on a box set, and he gets the Christian works, sure, so wow. he agreed with you that there is a lot of good work in that,
0: yeah, 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 that yeah. he
1: does, and then he is um as he says it's always a good time to listen to Dylan and he appreciates everything yeah and he he loves it, and uh Sam says the same thing, right, like his voice is what it is, right right, but uh similar to. And I know a lot of people who adore Sinatra, right? The same yep. thing. The different right. stages of his, um, as his voice changed, the, you hear the mileage, which right. gives you another understanding right. of the music, not just um, from a perfection or beauty standpoint, right? Right,
0: right. Mm-hmm
1: so with well, that yeah that's great that's good i was supposed to go um sam had tickets to go see him he was playing here in irving right outside of dallas and um i said well i he says but i bought an expensive ticket jesse i go no 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 i'll just get one you know further back okay and then we can go to dinner together and then you know hang out afterwards and uh because uh, I've never seen Bob perform live. And it's okay. one of those things where I regret that I never took time to see Petty.
0: Yeah, yeah, Every yeah. Sure. And
1: then just then you go, damn it, how did I not do that?
0: Right. Yeah, I know Dylan, in a couple of weeks, he's streaming a show live.
1: I saw that.
0: And there's all kinds of talk about, he is he playing by himself? Is he playing with a band? Um, is, I, so I don't know anything about it. I'm going to be in Angola when that comes on. So I haven't paid too much attention to it because I suspect it'll be at a strange hour for me, but I'm going to look into that once I get there and see if I can, if it's mm-hmm. easy for me to see it. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Um,
1: and I do think it's funny when you hear Bob, when you hear Bruce talk about Bob. Oh my God. Yeah. That When he says, you know, I was supposed to be the new Bob Dylan and Bob was what, 30 at the time. Right. right. Like, like
0: <laughs> Right right Mm -hmm. it's funny um i my wife is a twin and her her uh, twin sister's husband is a good friend of mine and we talk music all the time yeah and last night we were out together and we were talking uh so I'm, i'm assuming you know this about because you are a beach boy fan that brian wilson and paul mccartney were literally born two days apart yes so i saw a picture of the two of them uh in the last couple of days and somebody wrote under the caption mount olympus and my buddy said to me you mean kind of like the mount rushmore thing and i said yeah and he's like all right so who else do you put on it and i said well if you got mccartney you got to put lennon you can't have one without the other right and then he said he would either put barry Gibb or elton john and i was just like uh, you got to put Dylan. But then, but then we got, we were like, well, who do you take off? Right. And it just got to be, it went from there to, you know what, let's just go with our top 10 guys. And so, but it was interesting to that, you know, he kind of thinks the same way I did. He's like, Oh, so yeah, we were complete agreement that Brian Wilson is there. We couldn't agree on anybody else, but we knew Brian Wilson was definitely there. Yeah. Um, um yeah, we,
1: um, we, I had. I actually did a. Um, we did a couple of episodes where we discussed it, and we cheated, uh, where we did individual and groups. Okay. So, um, so groups. Um, I said the Beatles, Beach Boys, Temptations, and Rolling Stones. Okay. Are my four. Okay. Um. And then, um. And then for. And the guy, uh, Scott, who was with me, he said Beatles, Rolling Stones, Led Zeppelin and Pink Floyd. OK. Um, and so for individual, um, I did Elvis Presley, Chuck yep. Berry, yep. Buddy Holly and Bob Dylan. OK, wow. With the thought that I really don't know which one I would take off, but would want to include. Uh, uh, Linda Ronstadt or Aretha Franklin Oh boy, Okay, a female, right? Sure, sure. So I, and yes, I absolutely agree. Brian Wilson is, um, makes that, makes that cut. Yeah. But you're right. Like, how do you put McCartney and not Lennon? Right. So are they the same? And that's why us cheating by doing a band.
0: Yeah, so, sure.
1: Yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's, that's fun to think about. Um and, and I think it's amazing that Dylan um, is still putting out new material.
0: Oh, and really good new material.
1: Yeah. It's similar to, for us Bruce fans, you know, uh, Letter to You, Western Stars. Yeah. Whether they're your cup of tea or not, you can't argue that it's not, um, you know, he's He's not still pushing the out the envelope. Sure, he's still not trying to be creative.
0: It's funny. I learned with Bruce was the first guy I learned um, when Nebraska came out. You know, I was twenty, maybe twenty-one. I can't remember exactly. And at first, I was like, "Come on, man! Nobody wants to hear this crap." And then I, I it just occurred to me, he's got to do what he's got to do. Um, yes he doesn't have to please us, uh, you know, and I, I'm not an artist. I don't have any artistic ability, whatever, whatsoever. I've read enough to know that these artists have to do what works for them. Yeah. And so when I heard Nebraska, I was like, okay, I get it. He, you know, he had to scratch that itch. It's a fine album. It's not the E street band, which I prefer, right. but he doesn't, Need to please me? He's got to please himself, I think, before he can please anybody else. So that's when I kind of learned these guys are going to go off on whatever tangent, do whatever they can do, play with whomever, and they got to make themselves happy, or they're not going to be able to make anybody else happy. And one of the things I've always been—that's always kind of perplexed me—is. Uh, a guy like michael jackson who mm-hmm. let's let's face it michael jackson was a a, mi- a mixed up guy yes but he brought a lot of joy to so many people absolutely but he couldn't seem to find it himself you know same with I, kurt cobain's another one uh, he's a, another extreme he just couldn't seem to find any happiness and he brought happiness to so many people and i just think that is so unfair and, you know, who knows, maybe if Michael Jackson had had his Nebraska or something similar, or even like a year of just being semi-normal. Right. Things might have been different for him.
1: And you think about the, the lack of quote-unquote drama or slash controversy of someone like Dylan. Right. Someone like Buffett, someone like Springsteen. Sure. I guess, uh, you know, um, the criticism Buffett may get if he's too commercial and he's made, you know, a um, a brand out of his music. But so what? Right. That doesn't. From my perspective, the Margaritaville restaurants do not take away from the joy that i receive from his music
0: no right yep.
1: whatsoever yep. Uh, and i don't care if he wants to sell margaritaville shirts or nope. shoes or whatever nope. i you know uh, we've been on vacation and we've gone into margaritaville and sure. and had something to eat it's you sure. know it's 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 perfectly fine
0: and i've been to concerts where buffets has said i never said i didn't want to get rich
1: yeah exactly. So,
0: and then he'll say something like, Thank you for supporting me, and just remember, I do spend your money foolishly and you know what he's he's obviously he's more successful than I would assume he ever imagined. right. And he's having fun with it, and God bless him. You yeah. know he now he's a guy who's made a lot of people happy who seems to have found happiness himself.
1: Yes, yeah, it does seem to be yeah and and that makes me that brings me joy yes, same thing I, right yeah. like um I had no problem when Springsteen wanted to do the super Bowl ad you right. know? now right. a lot of controversy um uh, and I think as someone said it boast uh best some commentator said watching the far right and the far left complain equally about bruce springsteen's the middle tells you how far from the middle we are as a nation right Right. yes like he equally offended both sides yeah um i didn't care you know i don't um i've never i certainly don't care that um i honestly believe and then i'm an apologist but i believe that um this second round of going to Broadway. Um, I, I take him at his word. He called into East street radio and he said, I was, I was asked to do it. I said, nah, I've kind of done that already. And a buddy of his said, why wouldn't you? He said, what, well, you know, you're, you're here anyway. It's a good thing to revitalize the city and get Broadway right. starting again. Right. And, and you can give people a chance who didn't see it in the first run a chance to see it again. Right. And you know, and people are complaining that, you know, tickets are $800. Sure. And I'm like, well, right. that's the going rate of a Broadway show.
0: I, you know, I, it's like why I don't go to shows on the West Coast, because I don't live there and I can't afford it. You deal yeah, with it.
1: Exactly. Yeah, that's exactly it. And that's yeah. why um, the, there will always be, there are people, people choose how to spend their money. Right, and I would never criticize someone who lives in Europe that saves up their money, they gets their three weeks vacation, and they fly to the U.S. and they go to multiple shows. I'm I'm envious of them, but not in a in a like cool, good for you, right? If you can do that, you know? sure, yeah. Uh, so yeah, absolutely. There is no thing, and you know, and Bob, I think his. I love the fact that he reinvents himself and has gone through different phases of, you know, being folk and then rock and then doing different tours and his religious phase and now then, you know, um, you know, won a Nobel Prize and then didn't go accept (laughs) it. Just that seems so
0: Bob. One of the things I like about him is that no matter what age he is, he's always acted his age. Yes, my brother is a big. Aerosmith fan. I don't care for Aerosmith at all. But I'll see videos of Steven Tyler running around the stage like he's 22, and I'm like, you look like a fool. Bob Dylan has always acted his age. He doesn't run around. He has he, he, he's always, he's always been what I expected of him, even when he surprises me. Um, so he's just never – in the 40 years I've been listening to him, I can't think of a time he ever let me down, who he ever made me go, I can't believe I wasted my time and my life listening to this guy. It's never happened one time with him.
1: Yeah, and I think the difference is you were able to hear an album. For example, the first time I heard the Seeger Sessions from Springsteen, yeah, I went, eh, that's not my cup of tea right partly because some of those songs i grew up hearing either singing in you know elementary school choir or my dad singing him and the versions i grew up were different than the way he was doing it like right. froggy when a courtin was different the way my dad sang it than when Bruce sang it and I wanted Bruce to sing it the way my dad.
0: Right. Right.
1: So I went, well, this was not me. There were a couple songs I liked, but overall this isn't me. Right. And then, um, I ended up picking up the, you know, live in Dublin Right. and go, Oh my goodness. Why did I go on this tour? Mm -hmm. This is amazing watching you perform it
0: live. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, so there is, I think, and there's a small percentage, Jack, but there is a local percentage, a very vocal percentage of fans that will well, if it doesn't speak to me, they failed. Right. Versus no. As you said, Nebraska wasn't your cup of tea. Right. You know, at the time, but that doesn't mean Bruce shouldn't have done it. Correct. Uh, you know, yeah, if, you know, if you don't want Bob to do a Christmas album, hey. Bob Dylan's done the right to do whatever the F he wants. Absolutely. Right.
0: Yep. And Bob Dylan has been quoted as saying, just because you like my work doesn't mean I owe you anything. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, he's going to put it out and if you like it, great. And if you don't, that's great too. Um, I happen to think he almost appears to be critic proof. Yes. Um, And uh, has he earned that? Uh, Probably. Yeah. Um, I happen to love the fact that almost every successful, you know, iconic musician just, they just acknowledge that he's the guy they're all trying yes. to be. Yes. And I think that's great.
1: Yeah. And in fact, I don't know if you've heard this. Um, I don't know if you watch the uh, letter to you documentary on Apple TV that.
0: No, I didn't Bruce... see that.
1: All right. So it's on Apple TV. Um, it's worth the two things. One, um the subscription uh Ted lasso is yep. the show that I adore okay and it's on Apple TV and it's all about Jason Sadukas is an American coach that gets over to England to coach um soccer right and um and he is a fish out of water and he also is the most positive person in the world and that's that this there's a lot of cynicism around and he's just this beam of hope and okay. it ends up being a beautiful series. Okay. Uh, second season's coming out. So that's on Apple TV and there, and there is a documentary where, uh, when the E street band last year, like in 2019, all got together to record this latest album and they recorded three songs that Bruce had never officially recorded that he had written during his early time. Okay. And he tells the story, John Hammond said, um, I got a note. I shared some of your songs and I got a note. And the guy who wrote the note said that this young man are better be careful. He'll run out of words of the dictionary. Oh boy. And that was Bob Dylan.
0: Sure. Okay. Wow. <laughs>
1: uh so bruce tells that story so um the um the subscription's worth it for that especially you going overseas you'll you'll enjoy seeing yeah 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 it's good um well you know um we had prepared that we were going to do the songs of your life but i think i'm going to save that for another recording um what's i'm going to tease that um in you know a month or so after you get settled in we'll do this we'll figure out the time zones differences and we'll talk about life in africa and then you're not only going to do songs of your life um springsteen but Mm. you said you can do it buffett sure and so uh which i think would be a nice little double feature that we can do in that um so uh, final thoughts anything you want to share as we've had a great hour just catching up?
0: No, nope. Just glad that you're healthy and you're doing well and on the mend. And, um, I'm absolutely glad you provided some time for me to do this. Um, I was talking to my wife a little this morning and I said, you know, I'm kind of nervous and she's like, you'll be fine. And I, I just got to thinking, well, that's, True. I mean, who knows more about Buffett and Springsteen than me? Well, a lot of people do, but I know enough about it to get by. So I thought, yeah, I'll be okay. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm glad we had the opportunity to do this. And um, Angola currently is five hours ahead of us.
1: Okay, so that's not bad at all.
0: It's not bad at all. Yeah, so, that's my
1: England show where like, we do a morning. I'll pick a Saturday or Sunday morning. It'll be a Sunday or a Saturday or Sunday afternoon for you. Yep. And then yeah, we could do that. That'd be easy. Looks Perfect. great. All Perfect. right. If someone wants to reach you, uh, how can they?
0: Um, They may reach me via Twitter, which is at Jack Highland 27. 27 being my favorite baseball player's number when I was a kid. Um Who was that? The, uh his name was Carlton Fisk he was a catcher for the Boston Red Sox
1: Absolutely very yep, nice And he was my
0: favorite player and ever since then 27's been my number Um so yeah that way I'm on Twitter and I'm usually spouting off about well I hate to tell you because you live in Texas but the knuckleheads running your state drive me insane So um, <laughs> I I am right there with you um <laughs> oh my I, there God. is <laughs>
1: Let's okay. We are going to just for a minute. Um, you know the they just passed new laws like that makes it so much easier to get guns here. I don't know
0: it's it's mind-boggling.
1: It, and and he is wanting to spend money on a new wall. Yep. Uh, it, it's, it it it's, is me, crazy. It's
0: like- which one of your politicians they're they're having a contest who can to see who can be the biggest idiot?
1: Yeah, and I I will give credit. Um, I and Linda doesn't ex- okay. By the way, li- um, listeners, if you don't want to hear politics, <laughs> jump ahead for about five minutes. I, yep. I appreciate not all of you want to, but you know, Linda's like, okay, I don't trust. Why are they doing the June nineteenth? bill juneteenth why are they making us a federal you know holiday right because both ted cruz didn't vote against it neither did john corwin and my my representative michael burgess and all three are incredibly conservative yeah you know know, ted cruz is an idiot yeah and and is is absolutely courting the worst of the worst yes um you know uh, and i can't believe all three of them voted yes on making this a federal holiday right um linda thinks that there's another shoe's going to fall somewhere that they're doing this for something
0: <laughs> it's yeah it's amazing yeah i mean i look at it and it's just not texas obviously yeah it, you know florida's right behind but it, it's just yeah. like I'm almost glad to be going to Angola. I got to get out of here before my head explodes.
1: Oh, I I can see that. I understand yeah. that totally. Yeah. yeah. Um no, so I'm right there with you and I've always loved that you're one of the quick first people if I am on a political rant, you're quick to reply and go, "Yes, I agree, Jesse." Yep. So I got you nice back. To Say Yes indeed. Yep. All right, listeners, you please stay safe. Um go get a vaccine. You know, it's the only way we're going to get back to normal. Uh, until then, remember to wear a mask, wash your hands, social distance, and let's all be good to each other because that's how we're going to get through this. Um, Jack, my friend, this was a blast. Thank yes. you so much for visiting with me. Safe travels to you and your wife. Thank I, you. I hope um, this, this sounds like such a fun adventure.
0: Yeah, that's kind of how we're looking at it. And so, so we'll make the best of it.
1: Well, good. Well, we'll get together in a couple months and uh, we'll keep um, we'll, that way. You'll be able to tell me the further adventures. How's that? Sound? Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. Right. I'll be in touch.
1: All right. Sounds good. And listeners, you take care and we'll talk to you soon. Goodbye. Thank you very much, Jesse. Doing a podcast at times can be a one way conversation and I hate that. So please let me know what you like and don't like about the work I'm doing. You can reach the podcast via email at setlessingbruce at gmail.com The show is on Twitter at setlessingbruce, and my personal Twitter is at jessejacksondfw We have a website com. From there you can find links to other Springsteen podcasts as well as other music themed podcasts We have a page devoted to our own SLB All-Star Band These are guests who have been on the podcast more than three times there is a link to our store where you can purchase Set Brew shirts as well as a Mary Question t-shirt. There is a link to our Patreon page where you can sign up to help support the podcast financially. We have different levels and different rewards based on your support. If you don't have any extra cash, and right now who does, you can support the podcast by subscribing via your favorite podcast player and leaving us a review. The more reviews we have, the easier it is for people to find us. And please tell a friend about the podcast, especially if they love Bruce or music, because it will make a difference. You just heard the fun talking, hard rocking, music loving, album ranking, fan thinking, joy spreading, lyric reading, story sharing podcast that is the one, the only Setless and bruce Setless and bruce is part of the southgate media podcast group the theme for Setless and bruce was written by david rosen used by permission
2: it's nfl draft season and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football